Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You ever, like, fight a chip, Josh? I can't say I have, no. Uh, well, welcome back to the official Geek Speak podcast. I am your host, Sean, and joined as always is my co-host, Josh, perfectly whelmed Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Every episode, pretty much, we'll be going to a different Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM for short, and we'll see how in a short period of time, the biggest media company on Earth caters towards solely children with a large sample size, and we'll see quality changes, etc. That is not today. That is next episode because we just we're finishing up our catch up time as of today. It's crazy. I am in a closet right now, recording in my new apartment in, in California. If you listen to the last episode, my audio had very well or reverb to it than Josh's did. That is because I was recording in my kitchen, not ever having done it in there before, and not knowing how to best make it sound good. I am now in my apartment's closet because it's not echoey. So this is our year in review, and yes, it is currently. February 16th. This is normally the, uh, you know, a month earlier. Again, I moved across the country. Things changed. It's fine. So pretend nothing this year has happened yet. Nothing has uh, all has happened. Ant-Man definitely hasn't come out today. Next episode is our Quantumania episode. It is on, when we get to our most anticipated movies of the year. I might mention Quantumania because in this world it hasn't come out yet. We're in the past. Let's get into the news of the week though, Josh. Starting off with, since we last recorded, the day we last recorded actually, Knock at the Cabin came out, which we both seen. We did. You liked it a lot, didn't you? I very much liked it. I've really only seen Shyamalan's modern stuff, like from the, I guess, The Last Airbender onwards is kind of like my... Oof. Okay, I didn't see Last Airbender in theaters. You show me that, like, but what, whatever. The first film of his I saw was The <laughs> Visit. Split, I think, is still my favorite of his, but this is a close second from what I've seen. I still haven't seen The Sixth Sense, so I can't, you know, make a judgment call on that. The Sixth Sense, I think, is still his best film, followed by Stuart Little. I mean, it actually is his film. People don't know that. He wrote that film. I like Knock at the Cabin. I think it's... I just wasn't satisfied by it. I think it was missing something. I don't really know what it was. It was a very literal and, like, straightforward story. And I, it's simple, and I think it could have had a bit more of something. It's the only time I walked out of the theater with a Shyamalan wanting a Shyamalan twist. I was actually uh, happy that there wasn't a twist to it. It was good. I had fun. And if nothing else, I killed two hours of my day. So Great that's always a good thing. I really love the performances overall. Dave Bautista was amazing. But I will say the news for this movie, besides it coming out, is that it finally dethroned Avatar The Way of Water at the box office. During The Way of Water's seventh week, uh, it got dropped down from the number one spot. I would have preferred it if Plane had done that, but, you know, we don't live in a perfect world. We'll get to Plane news soon, Josh. Yes. We have Plane news. I'm happy we have Plane news. <laughs> But also, the Super Bowl happened, Josh. And we got trailers. Trailer. What did, I, what did I say last time? 
trailers in the truck going by with the wheat farm. Woo woo. Toot toot. I don't remember what we said last time. It was time. something like that. Yeah. Oh, if you're new to the podcast, thank you all for listening, by the way. We much appreciate it. And there's also timestamps down below to skip around to anything you want to listen to specifically. And this podcast is chaotic. We're just two idiots who love pop culture. That's kind of the gist of the podcast. If you like listening to idiots be idiots, then we're the idiotic podcast for you. That's, that's, yep. <laughs> we got among many trailers and money fun money fun things we got a weird pepsi commercial that happened superhero-esque pepsi commercial during the super bowl we got a tubi commercial that caused actual assaults but also we got trailers we got the guardians of the galaxy volume 3 full first trailer we had a teaser before and now we have an actual like trailer what do you think josh it, it has me very very excited for volume 3 i love volume 1 and 2 i think 2 is probably top 5 mcu for me and it's, and i love that this really kind of has a sense of finality to it at least for this guardians team i think there's gonna be a lot of death in it i don't know how much but there definitely will be how would you feel if everyone on the team died all of them died That'd be ballsy. I would commend them for that. <laughs> I really like the Gamora Nebula Star-Lord moment about describing how his love life was. And it looks like he just looks over to the Nebula like, you know, you're the next best, best option here. <laughs> Why not? Keep it in the family, I guess. <laughs> oh, but it was a very fun trailer overall. I, I've talked on this podcast before about me and Guardians 2. Not my jam. Josh, I disagree on that part. And a lot of gun stuff isn't for me. But I love the first Guardians movie so much. I think this team is a really good team. And I like the holiday special enough. So why not? A third one with a, probably a dead raccoon in it. Why not? I'm sure he'll be alive first. <laughs> not just a dead raccoon. The first frame oh. dead raccoon. We also got an absolutely bonkers, incredible Mario movie trailer. Now, it's bonkers incredible because of the opening to this trailer, starting with the Super Mario Bros. Super Show theme song. I've never which... seen the show. I've never seen it before. What's the... Once that little thing came out, I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta see what this is. I'm like, well, that's a thing, I guess. Fun fact, I've seen every episode of the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. I've seen absolutely nothing from it, aside from that thing now. It's very 80s, 90s. It's very fun. We have an actual wrestler as Mario. Because they had live-action segments as well as animated segments. Mo like, the animated stuff was very classic. Save Princess Toadstool. Defeat King Koopa. Sometimes they parody movie stuff within it, in it and have fun with that. It was really cute, really fun. And then they flash back to reality and have Mario and Luigi, the plumbers and queens, dealing with shit. Literally and metaphorically. And it was very funny with these thick Italian accents. And that Super Mario Super Show theme song... It, it hit hard, and they did that in this trailer. But also, I love the detail of having, like, woman read teleprompter very, like, very clearly in this trailer and the classic game logo on their van. There's so much heart in this movie. I know people are constantly just like, oh, it's got Chris Pratt. It's got all these celebrities. It's going to be bad. I'm like, can we not judge the, a movie based on its cast? Can we, like, look at what it is? Because from the trailer, like, the one that came out before, like, there's so many callbacks and things to other Mario games. Like, the people that made this, you know, did their research. And, like, of course, Nintendo has a hand in it. So they're going to make sure that it does the game's justice. It looks more faithful than the Sonic movies do, even. Yeah, and, like, Sonic, you know, you have the excuse of live action. This is fully animated, so you can do anything within the games. So, yay on this trailer? Yay. Yay or nay on the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer? Yay. And again, for those who are also new, yay and nay, we say meaninglessly, because it's all subjective, all art is subjective, all opinions are stupid and fun, so why not? We also got another superhero movie trailer. This movie is complicated. Uh, we're back on our Ezra news! We got the Flash movie trailer, which 
upsettingly looks fantastic. We've talked about this movie ever since this podcast started, the ups and downs of the <laughs> whole thing. So it's very interesting to actually finally see something from it. And yes, it does look good. But everything around Ezra makes it very complicated. If you all want to watch it without supporting Ezra Miller at all, or to sh without showing that we want Ezra Miller back, watch it into a max after a month of it being out. So it means after their metrics are done, then you can watch it, still support the, ca the cast and crew. Yes, the cast and crew have already been paid. That's not the issue to me. I like to, I like to see movies like this because, for instance, I'm a filmmaker, and so is Josh. If we worked for months and months and months on a film, say we did visual effects, and then no one ever got to see it because because everyone because of one actor that would really be shitty. Like yeah, I got like yeah, I got paid, but I also would like to see you know the world to see my work. That's part of what being an artist is. And I don't want Ezra Miller to ruin that for the everyone's hard work for Michael Keaton and Sasha Cali and Annie Muschietti and the DP of this film and the entire crew. And then, yes, I know they got paid already. I'm not saying go support this movie uh, because you know the artists have, have they already got paid. Whatever. Again, as for me, as a personal thing, I'll see this movie probably on HBO Max a month and a half after. That way the metrics are done, and I'm in no way supporting Ezra Miller anymore. But that way, I'm, I'm still letting the cast and crew know I've seen your work. I think Josh probably has another point of view about this, because we don't want to support Ezra Miller. Yes, the, everything around Ezra, it's a whole thing. We've covered pretty much everything that's happened since it's happened. If you don't know, go look it up for yourself. Uh, it's fascinating, to say the least. Me, personally, I, you know, get into movies for free, so... I'm not worried about this movie seeing a dime of my money, um, so I'm not worried about that. But I do want to see this. This does look good. And this movie has been, you know, in development hell since, what, 2013, 2014? And so now it's, you know, coming out almost a decade later, like, is very fascinating. And for me, the difference in, like, not supporting Hogwarts Legacy, Chick-fil-A, or Kanye West versus a movie, it's very different. Like, like I don't go to Chick-fil-A. I'm not shaming people to do necessarily right now. I have too many people in my life who identify as queer LGBTQ+, and that money directly hurts them and directly causes legislation to hurt them in my life, and that's not good. So I don't want to put any of my money toward that. Same thing with Hogwarts Legacy, because J.K. Rowling is still the sole owner of that IP, and she consistently benefits from that IP, and she is hurting trans people every single day. She's written anti-trans books. She is helping push legislation to be anti-trans. She also, not so fun fact, has the, the game's plot is incredibly anti-Semitic. So I also know that's not the game itself is problematic too. So it's much more of a funneling into one bad thing system that game. And again, with Kanye West, it's a solo artist. But with a a film, it's literally an army. And for one act to be the the downfall of an entire movie to me, it, it's really upsetting. It was a thought. Let's get into the content though of this trailer, because holy fucking shit, Josh, we got Michael it. Shannon back. That surprised me. I was it ever reported or rumored that he was going to be No. Out? Okay. No. It's I was <laughs> I was talking to Taj about nope. this um and I thought that it was funny that you know in terms of like big set pieces that you know are famous in the DCEU it's very weird that the only famous one is from Man of Steel and by famous I mean infamous <laughs> and that seems to be the one we're revisiting in this film. This seems like a very good way to coddle the Snyderverse into death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, guys, the Snyderverse will have an end here. There's no more asking for it. It's fine. We're done with it. And that's probably why James Gunn loves it so much, because he's 
commented numerous times how much how great this film is. We theorized before about like the future future of the DCU, you know, like a year or so ago about this movie, and that was going to be kind of like retconning it in a certain way. And like, obviously, it's not exactly what we theorized, but you know, we were close in certain aspects. This Sasha, Sasha Kelly Supergirl though is definitely is it's Kara, it's not, or a version of Kara, not who we thought she was. But that's fine too. She looks great in this movie. I love the fact that she punches faster than Michael Keaton's Batman can in that scene when she's flying around and Michael Keaton's trying to punch someone, mm-hmm. but she just punches. Like, that's great. The details of the dual flash, like lightning, like, their feet hit each other and they lightning strikes of blue and yellow and they run the opposite way. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cool shots in this. I, I'm curious how it's going to like ex- explain exactly how the multiverse works with this because because you can kind of piece together certain parts like there's ben affleck's batman talking to the flash um, barry yeah to, to barry and you can tell like this is before anything has really happened and then you know barry you know shows up in i guess this other universe where there's another version of him michael Keane's batman is there but sasha Calais supergirl you know is there but zod you know played by michael shannon again is there again and like ben affleck's batman at some point is in is back in Metropolis. There's a lot of weird things in this with the multiverse. So I'm curious if it's like universes colliding, things are meshing. I think I don't know what it is. I think because Barry's in a world without metahumans, he goes to other universes and pulls Batman's. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so funny that again, like this DC just can't seem to escape its love of Batman. Like I, there's more Batman imagery in the poster for the Flash than there is the Flash. It's so funny. It's the bat cave. It's the bat cave. You have the you have a giant bat symbol, which is probably like the bat wing hanging over him, and then Flash is like, you know, very small on it. I'm just like, guys, more people are gonna think this is a Batman movie. That's how you sell it, cause it's Ezra Miller, so you have to sell it with the Keaton. That's why. Yeah, that's true. I also don't know how much I think Affleck might just be just in the beginning slash end scene or beginning beginning part of the movie as the original DCEU world version. But also we got blue and gray suits, numerous blue and gray Batman suits. It's so fun. Blue and gray. We haven't seen that in quite a long time in live action. What if Keaton here is Thomas Wayne instead? They just pull that shit. Oh, that'll piss people off so much. If Keaton is Thomas Wayne Batman and not actually like 1989 Batman, I would fucking love it and I'd laugh so hard. I'm going to give it an A because Ezra Miller's face is all over this and there's two Ezra's. I'm going to give it a, a yay, solely for the fact that it's going to force the Snyder cultists to finally shut up. Valid. Okay, moving on. In this past week, because it's been about a little over a week since we recorded, we've got episodes four and five of The Last of Us within the same week. Yeah. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I cried. Me? No, I don't know. Did I cry? No, I got sad. I like the big boy. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh. You know what I'm referring to. And we will do a full season recap on The Last of Us when that show ends. But I just want to say four and five were cool episodes overall. Yes. I still love the season finale comes on during the Oscars. So I know what I'm watching that night. Yay, episodes four and five of The Last of Us. We got the same week. Indeed, yay. We also get the Ben Stipler triplet movie. Ben Stipler? Yep. That's the word I'm using today. We're getting a movie with Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller. Or sort of. He's in talks to play three identical strangers. Uh, and a movie called Three Identical Strangers. It's, it's in the series that follows identical triplets who are separated at birth and reunited later, later in life. And it's I love Ben Stiller. If you've watched him in Secret Life of Walter Mitty, you know he's amazing. One of my favorites is he plays 
a very fun character in a movie about documentary filmmaking. What's it called again? While We're Young. Adam Driver's in it too. It's phenomenal. It's a very fun movie and not in the way that you would expect it. I think rewatching it, I had more appreciation for it this time around. So Ben Stiller in Talks Play Anything? Yeah, why not? I like him. Yay? Yay. How to Train Your Dragon, the movie series based on the book series of a very different story, is getting a live-action movie. It's in the works right now. The film releases March 14th, 2025, currently. My thought is, how funny would it be if they based this movie off of the book and not off of the animated film, where Toothless is actually a little toothless runt who can't do anything? That would certainly be a choice. It'd piss a lot of people off. But I'm honestly excited for this. Out of most of DreamWorks' movies, like, this is a good one to do in live action. And also, in terms of, like, adapting a modern animation into live action, that doesn't really happen. We'll adapt, you know, like, Scooby-Doo and, like, Smurfs into live action. But those were cartoons from, like, the 60s. Like, no one really cares about that. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, People don't care about Scooby-Doo? I, You know what I meant. <laughs> But something like adapting this into live action, that's very interesting. If it's successful, which it most likely will be, and it actually is a good adaptation, this will probably open the doors for, you know, better stuff. Not, you know, the Disney live action remakes, which are, you know, terrible. They make it a musical now. They add in songs. The wisest choice would be to keep Jay Baruchel as Hiccup. Yes, even when he's a child. (laughs) Because no one can do his nasally voice like Jay Baruchel can. I give this a tentative yay. It is I think one of the best trilogies of all time. The n- second, the number two in that trilogy is probably a fair animated film of all time. So it's really, really hard to. It, it's really cool seeing movies that are geared mostly towards children, but also families that actually have real stakes and loss and consequences and natural consequences of your actions. And people act in realistic ways. And it's really fun to see. But they also could make it so maybe a little bit more adult than we got in, you know, in the movies. Who knows? Yeah, I think that they should keep leaning into making an actual PG movie, like where parental guidance is suggested because, you know, things happen. Not super intense PG-13 violence, but like Make it like Pinocchio's PG, but it is meant to be that. So like, I would love to see something like that for this. It also makes me happy the director of the trilogy is directing this live action version. Oh, really? Yes. Then I'm, okay, hard yay then. Bring back Gerard Butler as Stoic the Vast. He would need to be very big though. You can make him less vast. Neil Patrick Harris is Gobber for no reason besides singing and dancing now. Gobber is supposed to be gay, so cast a gay actor. Why not? We have AMC theater shenanigans, as you're probably well aware of this. They are changing their ticket prices depending on seat location, with standard sightline, most common seats, and normal price, value sightline, uh, front row, and select ADA seats, lower price, and preferred sightline, middle uh, middle row seats at premium price. What the fuck? This is beyond stupid. This is not a concert where you get one show a day, and it costs, you know, like, a couple hundred bucks a ticket, whatever it is. This is a movie theater that seats, like, 20 people, 20 to 50 people, depending. Multiple showtimes a day. What is this? <laughs> it makes no sense. Nay. It's going to piss people off. You tell people, like, oh, yeah, you sit here, it costs, you know, $10. You sit here, it costs 25 Like, no. And then people find out they're sitting, like, in the front row. They're gonna be pissed. They're gonna demand refunds. Like, no one's going right. to, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I'll happily sit here for cheaper. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have the front row just stay empty. And it's basically all it is now is just a price hike. That's all it is at this point. Because yeah. no one's going to sit in the front row. And if you want people to come to the theaters, this is not the way to do it. No. Re-release Top Gun Maverick. That's the way to do it. When it's time for the Oscars, they'll release all the Best Picture nominees, except for Netflix, uh, in theaters. So, yes, Top okay. Gun Maverick and Elvis will be back in theaters. And I can't wait. What a great segue. I have Elvis news. Oh, wonderful. First off, yay or nay on the AMC shenanigans. 
Uh, hard nay. And if I get fired because I said hard nay, well, now we have the evidence. Austin Butler says he is finally getting rid of the Elvis accent, saying, I have probably damaged my vocal cords with a lot of singing. One song took 40 takes. I mean, that's the nature of film, just with the angles and takes and everything. But also, dude, you've been using that voice since the movie came out. Watch it the second the Oscars happen, just gone. If he wins the Best Actor Oscar, which is most likely going to happen as much as I want Brendan Fraser to win, he's not... Well, he... I don't know. But... Yeah, like, you just listen to interviews of his voice from, you know, like, just a few years ago. Nothing at all like his voice now. Well, to be fair, he did also get older. But, like, he was already in his... He's only been in his 20s. At this point, your voice shouldn't keep dropping. I understand the idea of being method for a while and trying to stay in the voice, and it's probably hard to get out of that at that point. Yeah, in terms of, like, method acting, like, staying in the voice of whatever character, whether it be a certain accent or dialect or whatever... I understand staying in that, so that way you don't lose it. But the movie's been o- done filming for a while now. <laughs> right, but he said before it's actually it doesn't he doesn't know what is or isn't his voice anymore. It's hard to know. And oddly enough, we have more Elvis news, but about different Elvis. Is this what I think it is? Uh, the first trailer for Agent Elvis, starring yeah. Matthew McConaughey as Elvis, released, uh, and the movie releases on March on Netflix. Have you seen the pictures and stuff, the posters and stuff? Yes, I have. McConaughey's Elvis voice-wise makes more sense to me than Austin Butler does. Yeah, like that as a casting choice, that makes sense. It feels it seems smooth, but also it'd be really funny if you got Austin Butler to do it and just make him stay in his voice longer. <laughs> yeah, like anything to do with Elvis, Austin Butler has to uh, play him now. Yeah, I I give this trailer. I, I did watch it a tentative yay because it makes us have to talk about Elvis longer. I'll give it a nay because I don't know if I have interest in watching it. Sequel schmequels, it's time to get funky. (laughs) So we have sequels in the works, Josh. Three new Disney sequels, for instance, being made with Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, and Zootopia 2. Thoughts? Frozen 3 and Zootopia 2, I get those. I understand those. Toy Story 5, we've had two endings to this series already. Why are we going for a third ending, guys? (laughs) Correction. We've had Buzz's ending. We've had Woody's ending. Now it's time for, I don't know, Slinky's ending. What was Buzz's ending? (laughs) Sorry, Andy's ending and Woody's ending. Now it's time for Buzz's ending. Well, considering everything with Tim Allen, probably best. Or, you know, just don't make a fifth Toy Story movie. (laughs) Recast just Buzz with Chris Evans now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that'd be really funny. Uh, I give the... Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, Zootopia 2. Overall, yay, because it's funny watching the internet get mad. Yeah, like, it's Toy Story 5, it's gonna make money. It doesn't matter the quality of it. I like Toy Story 4, I think it's good. Toy Story 3 is still a perfect ending to that series, but, you know, it's a movie about toys that are coming to life. Why are we getting so pissed off about it? Bring Megan in Toy Story 5. Now that's a moneymaker right there. <laughs> Megan and Chucky just have a horror toys version. See, I don't like Frozen 2 that, that much. I think it's fine. Frozen 1 I think is fantastic. Zootopia I thought was fine. I'm like, I don't think it needs sequels necessarily, all these things. But you know what? I like chaos. And there's never bad to have more art. Frozen 3, I think that it would be interesting to see what else they can do in this world. And Zootopia 2, I want to see more of Zootopia. I want to see like how creative this whole universe is and everything like that frozen three is just the trolls movie now no 
<laughs> we also got more Schmequels coming with a plane Schmequel. Yes, we're getting a sequel to the plane movie, Josh. It's called Ship. Wonderful. Genuinely, plane is fun. I honestly think it's good. And for a, another film, this time set on a ship, focusing on Mike Coulter's character, why not? Give me more bonkers action. It, they it's, missed... Plane is honestly good. I say go see it. They missed an opportunity, though. The sequel could have been called Train, and the third as Automobile. Thank you! I'm not the only <laughs> one that thinks this! Also, another Schmequel sequel is I Am Legend 2. And if you've not seen the other version of the ending of the movie, like me, you'd be very confused. Because at first, spoilers for the first I Am Legend, you can skip uh, down below the timestamps. In my eyes, he fucking died. (laughs) In the world's (laughs) eyes, he died. It's okay. But then I recently watched the alternate ending. I'm like, oh, that's different. Yes, the alternate ending fits much more thematically with the film and, like, the the virus and, like, all these other things. It basically is, like, he doesn't, you know, blow himself up to sacrifice himself. He kind of realizes, like, oh, these are, like, humans now. What we've, We're basically killing them. Like, again, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I'm not explaining it correctly. But the alternate ending is way better. And it's not like, oh, he sacrificed himself. S- sad. Like, this one actually makes you think. It's And so, like, you know, a sequel, I'm very curious what that'll be. And, you know what, I'm happy that we're getting past all the Will Smith, you know, slap, right? slap shit. And now he's like, yeah, that, that was stupid. Okay, Bad Boys 4, that's happening now. Thank God. I love Bad Boys 3. And then now I'm Legend 2. He's starring in it with Michael B. Jordan. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I was about to mention the same thing you did about Oscars, how we're finally, Will Smith's still working. And he's got Michael B. Jordan as, as his son. That's pretty cool. I also like that I Legend is the only movie I've ever seen with pandemic-based vampires. Because they're not zombies. That is true. They burn in the sunlight, even. Like, they're they're vampires. And so, that's cool. We're getting another one. Don't let the dog die this time, please. Anyway, moving on to the next thingy. I love thingies. More sequel stuff. Gladiator 2 news, oddly enough. Uh, Have you seen After Sun yet? I have. Good movie. Paul Mescal from that is going to be starting in Gladiator 2, coming out November 22nd, 2024. What a wildly quick career that man has had. He started in, like, a miniseries with uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, and then he got, you know, did After Sub, which got him an Oscar nomination. Now he's starring in Gladiator 2 as the lead. Like, that's insane. Good for him. Also, why do we have Gladiator 2? That feels like a movie that does not need a sequel. I think it's focusing on his son. I think that's what it is. I've never seen the first one, so I have no idea what happens in it. I haven't either. I brought those news up because I thought you'd seen it. I have not. I just know Ridley Scott made it, Russell Crowe's in it, and Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Well, Josh, we also have game-related news. You've played a few games in your time. I have a few. So there's a game you haven't beat yet, and it's called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This is correct. We also now got a full kind of trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is a sequel in a way that Majora's Mask is a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Same style, same kind of world environment, but honestly, all those Zelda games are sequels or prequels because it's all one very fun-looking timeline. It's a very Um, weird timeline. It's a trident. It is. It's got the death, the it's got you got life, death, and child as the three options. You watched the trailer yet? Yes, it is very good. I am excited for it. I will say... I am a bit disappointed that, obviously, you know, we got the the sky shit, which will be interesting, but, like, 
it's the same map from the last game. It was such a huge map also. Like, what else can you really do with it? If you play, you know, Breath of the Wild, you're going to be playing the same, you know, map this time oh. around. Oh, Josh. What? You haven't played enough Zelda games. Majora's Mask and Ocarina and also some other maps. It's just, you'll probably be playing technically almost all of Zelda maps in technically the same map because it's almost always just Hyrule. But it's going to be a way, it'll be new places on the map. It'll be new design choices. Think of it like New York City in an Avengers game versus New York City in a Spider-Man game. Like it's the same base place, but they make a lot of different changes to it. I am so excited. I, I love Zelda. And Link. Not just Zelda. Zelda is not the main character. People will keep thinking, still, in our, the, the year of our Lord, 2023, that Zelda is the little green boy. That's not accurate. Well, look, if you've never played the games before, and every single game in it is called Legend of Zelda, your brain's going to be like, oh, that's Zelda, the character that's on the box. All of them. Look, it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting naming convention. I'll give you that. Little Green Boy is the best boy, and he is not Zelda. Why is it not called The Legend of Link when he's the one that does all the shit in it? Because it's about, they're about The Legend of Zelda. It's about Zelda and her mystery, and what she's, oh, it's like, I'm not, I don't have time for this now. Okay, (laughs) I would go off way too long about this. If y'all want a little mini episode of me just ranting to Josh about this, email us. I will make a three minute episode for you all. And Josh would love it. Email us at podgeekspeak at gmail.com and make me do this to Josh. Make me torture him with this. Did you know, Josh, we got a Ted Lasso teaser? Yes, I did see that. It looks the same. So cool. I like that they said season three and not like the final season. It's been like rumored and weirdly said that this might be the final season. And typically if it is a show's final season, the trailer will say, you know, the final season. So it gives me hope that the show is going to go on for longer than three seasons. And if not, it's still a good show. So far, do you have a yay on the plane sequel ship? Of course. It's a hard yay. Yay or nay on I Am Legend 2 with Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan? I give a yay. I'm very excited to see those two work together. Yay or nay on Paul Mescal joining Gladiator 2? I give a yay. After Sun's very good. You should all see it. Yay or nay on the Zelda trailer? I give it a yay, but it makes. But I'm also giving it a nay because it reminds me I had to beat Breath of the Wild. And it took Again. Me... Pick one. <laughs> I. Look, if you say that it doesn't matter, I will say whatever I want. <laughs> I give them all nays just to piss off Josh. Anyway. Um, You're giving a nay to Tears of the Kingdom? It's tears, mind you. It's tears. Uh, I, tears. Tears. <laughs> tears. Think think about it. This The sky is torn apart. Yeah, it's crying. <laughs> it's help. <laughs> Oh, we got, a li- we got a Little Mermaid teaser. Did you watch it? It was short. I've, I've seen the images. It looks bland as shit. I do not care about it. Like, I'm willing to bet that Halle Bailey does a great job in it. The cast probably all does a good job. But it's going to be the same damn thing again. And it's going to look Josh, infinitely worse. We agreed both of us to watch day one to piss off the racists. Yes, I'm going to see it. I never said I wasn't going to see it. I'm just not going to be happy about seeing it because it's another live action remake and I don't want these. I like good singing and she's got a good voice and I like water and the water's pretty. So yay for pretty water and pretty voice. Yay for pretty voice, nay for murky, dirty water. 
<laughs> Look, after seeing Avatar with, you know, very bright, you know, colorful water, and then, like, Black Panther, which, you know, was in the depths of the trenches where, you know, there was, like, no light to get in, it seems weird that they went with option B, yet they're in the same, you know, areas as, like, Avatar was with its water, so it doesn't make sense to me. We have Deadpool 3 villain casting with Emma Corrin, you know, um... Fuck, my, my brain just completely blanked. Hold on. Let me put that again before I fucking make things worse. Okay? She, I believe she is Princess No, Di- no. Back up. Back up. We, okay, so we have Deadpool 3 villain with Emma Corrin of Pennyworth fame. She was in Pennyworth, Josh, <laughs> for seasons on seasons. Also what? The Crown, I guess. But Pennyworth. She was in four episodes of Pennyworth. <laughs> Seasons on seasons. I don't she was in a show. I don't think you understand what that word means. Emma Corrin. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, yay. I'm in a hot closet, Josh. I'm hotboxing myself by just I, being in here. I thought you opened the door. It's not right enough. <laughs> so, yay in this casting. I think she's great. I, I give yay just for pretty much anything in general with this movie. It'll be very fascinating to see. Speaking of Sony stuff and Fox stuff and, you know, the alternate Marvel worlds we have. The Spunk. We're getting a spot. Yes, the Spunk time, actually. We're getting a Spider-Man noir live-action film confirmed now. I thought it was a show. Uh, series, yes, you're right, sorry. With Phil Lord and Christopher Miller producing, which is amazing. And Oren Uziel as uh, the head writer. And this is really cool. He has written for things like The Lost City, 22 Jump Street, The Cloverfield Paradox. So that's kind of cool. All I ask is they cast Nicolas Cage. That's all I ask. He wrote the story for the Mortal Kombat 2021 movie. Take that how you will. So now we've got a Silk show and a Spider-Man Noir show. And is Spider-Woman happening? I don't remember if that was a thing. Make them a, make them buddies. Silk and Spider-Man Noir. That'd be a team up for sure. That's the whole show now. It's just like rom-com, but they're not with each other, just like other people. Josh, Joker, fully adieu. We got our first picture with of Lady Gaga and Arthur Fleck. Nope, Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix. Arthur Fleck is a fictional person, not an actor. And they're almost kissing, maybe have kissed because the red on her lips and his lips match, but it could be just blood. But she's Harley Quinn, and this picture looks slightly ominous. We don't know... It's also musical, and still yay, yay for being musical, no matter what. Yes. But also, we don't know at what point this takes place, how it takes place, where or when or anything, which is really fun. My money is on it, you know, being said directly after the first movie, like him in the mental hospital. Probably this will be more focused on Harley than it will be on him, but we'll still see, like, his sides, like, the, the quote-unquote romance of the whole situation. Just bring me fun musical numbers. That's all we need. I want this to be a weirdly deranged musical. That's all I ask. If you're making it a musical, have, go all out with it. Have Mark Hamill do a song and dance in this. Yay on this picture. Why not? It's fun. I give nay because I'm not going to be ready for the discourse of when the movie you know comes out. That's going to be very annoying again. Percy Jackson and the Olympi- Olymp- Olympians? Percy Jackson and the Olympus. Yep. Season one wrapped filming, Josh. Woo. We're going to get that soon now. You ready for it? Sure. You ready to see Luke give the boys the little feet wing shoes? Sure. And the wonderful cast we have? The cast is great. I 
am very excited to see what it'll be like. It's going to be interesting, the seasons going forward, because, you know, the kids, you know, are, you know, middle school age, so they're going to be going through puberty and stuff, and it's, you know, they can't release this, you know, one season a year. It's going to take time. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how they grow and change the, the changes. The seasons. Yeah. They'll probably have to be just book changes, and that's fine. Or it's like with Harry Potter, and, you know, you don't really address the age, like, how they look. Or like how in Umbrella Academy, there, which takes place over a span of four weeks, Aiden Gallagher has aged years the whole se- the whole series so far i thought adian's character takes place is like four weeks uh time it's weird time stuff i thought with no with five that's time travel thing okay even so they need to fix some stuff with that because that boy grew and so they're ending it because of that partially because of that but partially because of the story is changing and then with elliot page uh having the character change as well a lot of things have had to keep making that show adjust that's not the point right now. I'm going to say hard yay on Percy Jackson and the Olympus. I give hard yay. I hope that there's BTS of Walker Scoble just swearing and uh, quoting Deadpool 2. DC Comics sold out a bunch of comics. I've heard James going to announce the slate and did what Marvel does not do and actually put the exact issues and names of comics that inspire their stories. And in doing so, it helped DC so much. Every comic that D, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran put out saying, our slate was inspired by these exact issues in comics and writers. Those all sold out, which is phenomenal. Yeah, The Authority, Supergirl, One of Tomorrow, and more DC comics sold out, which is absolutely phenomenal news. Technically, you can get some still for like $200 when it's normally like $3. So that's still sold out. Or if you don't, don't care about having it physically, you can buy it digitally for like you know, 3 bucks on whatever the DC comic app is. So, Josh, who do we not talk about? Who do we not, or who have we not? Who do we not talk about? Bruno? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Correct. So the song We Don't Talk About Bruno won a Grammy. How? Yes. That doesn't make it sense. Won a, let me finish. It won a Grammy for best song written for visual media at the Grammys. But time-wise, that doesn't make sense. It came out in November of 2021, so it would have been the Grammys of 2022. Look, it's just what the news says. I'm following the news. I know. I'm saying it doesn't make sense. Were they just lazy that year? (laughs) Or does it not matter when you submit them? So apparently numerous... People have had the same question, and it just, it's, there are some things from 2021, I guess, on the list. So. Sure. Why not? <laughs> that's, that's nonsense, right? Look, I don't watch the Grammys. I don't know a damn thing about music. Whenever people get mad that someone won, well, like, cool. Well, here's something cool about the Grammys. Viola Davis is, uh, won an EGOT now. She yeah. is now an EGOT holder. As she um, should be. And, uh, yes, absolutely as she should be. But more so on that. She is the third black woman in history to achieve this, which is, wow. Good job, Viola Davis. How many people have won EGOTs? Not a lot. It's not a big category. Yeah, it's a very hard thing to achieve. <laughs> I think you can do it. That's a debatable. You can win the Grammy for something. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be like the most obscure category. It's like when you win a, an Oscar for just something completely random. And our last news piece before we dive into our year in review has to do with A Quiet Place, day one. It has begun filming, and that cast includes Lupita Nyong'o, Joseph Quinn, and Alex Wolf. Yes. Yay. I'm excited. I think this will be very interesting to see, just because if it is truly only the first day, I think it'll be a very interesting story. I don't think it'll be just day one, literally, but like it's just the beginning in general. But either way, yay. Yay, indeed. So it's time for our year in review. The news overall was quite interesting, I'd say. What a year it was, 2022. A lot of things were done. Do you review? Huh? Do you review? What exactly are you asking me? It was a year. Now, do you review it? I guess. Cool. Time for that. <laughs> Let's start with our, like last year, same categories pretty much. Let's talk about our biggest yay of the year. And you can interpret that however you want to, not necessarily the best film or your favorite film, but like we say yay or nay about everything. So what this uh, this past year, what like struck you was like, that was a huge yay to you. For me, because I know everything overall wants to go in, going to win numerous categories in our year in review, I'm not going to give it to that. It is, that is a big yay, don't we all know that. But honestly, The Fablemans just hit me. It really hit me. Spielberg can do very little truly wrong. This film just shows me once again why I'm a filmmaker. I oh god, this is a th- this is a tough one. Biggest yay of the year. Do we need to give you the list of all the categories so you can be more prepared? 
No, no, no. I'll, uh, if if I shoot myself in the foot, I shoot myself in the foot. I'm gonna go with R R R on this one. Ooh, I haven't seen this though yet. It's on Netflix. It's cinema to the max in every possible way, and it is amazing through and through. I got I th- thankfully got to see it in theaters, and I would if you somehow can. I don't know if they're playing it in theaters anymore. I would recommend seeing this on the biggest screen possible, but if not, it is on Netflix right now, and it's not in its original language, but it's still very much worth the watch. Now, next up is our biggest nay, and again, does that mean it's a movie we hate? It doesn't mean it's bad, it just means like it's just not it for us. And this past year, there was a lot of good media, I'd say. I think I know what Josh's is going to be. I actually don't know what my name is going to be. I feel like your, your, your biggest nay is Avatar Way of Water. No. Because even though it's... T- it's not no, bad. no. Uh, I think my biggest nay, and again, it's not it's not like shooting down the artist or whoever working these things. I'm gonna go with Black Adam because I don't think it's terrible, but it could have been so much better. I yeah, that's very understandable. For me, it's it's gonna be between the bubble and Pinocchio. <laughs> now, me... Hold on. I forgot that existed. Yes. Now let, let me explain my reasonings for these. Pinocchio, the Robert Zemeckis live action remake of the Disney movie is awful through and through from beginning to end. It's, and it's indicative of just a, these remakes are just the worst because there's nothing new added to them. And it's also just sad to seeing Zemeckis just kind of not reduce himself down to this, but just have completely lost himself as a director from when he, what he was when he started. And then the bubble is just it's got such a ripe premise for some really funny stuff. It's basically this big budget Hollywood studio is trying to make this big movie during COVID and it's about, you know, this group of actors and stuff living in the bubble like during the filming and everything. That's so ripe for so many funny things and it was written and directed by Judd Apatow, who's, you know, a generally funny person. My god, this was bad. It was and it's got a stat cast of Karen Gillan, Pedro Pascal, Leslie Mann, um there's so many great people in this movie that are very funny and so many other things not here they are given nothing to work with and it's painful i love how neither has picked morbius because honestly is it an a it's quite a ride (laughs) it's it's a ride it's not one i really want to take again but like i'll say i enjoyed it but we had fun we had fun it it murdered my back i was bedridden for two days (laughs) that's that's not a joke right before the movie started my lower back was feeling pain i'm like that's weird as the movie was progressing i'm like it's getting worse is this a sign from the from the movie gods and then i was bedridden for two days uh because i couldn't walk so you again broke the category category in two movies for your biggest nay for different reasons which i respect i like how i went with you know i thought something that's the worst movie in the world but i just i don't think it hit very hard and josh like this was bad (laughs) now here's comes a category that's interesting a neutral yay where it's something that is just above it gets yeah all right that happened was, i had a good time that was a movie that i probably don't need to see again it's ranging in that five out of ten range but a little better than that I, and it's a yay for me not necessarily amazing but you know i get something out of it and for me this is the most neutral yay possible and that's where the crawdads sing yeah i can understand that you know you've heard of horse girls get ready for marsh girls that movie, I don't know how I feel about it. I think I gave it, I couldn't even rate it. Cause I like this is, I could see myself giving that movie a five or a six. I and mean, either way, I had a, an okay time, you know. 
I would probably hmm. This Good is, ending. This though. is one that probably no one has seen except for me. But the Netflix movie Thirteen, the musical. What? Uh, it's describe this first. It's apparently it's based on a Broadway musical, which I didn't know until I saw it. But it's basically this kid moves from New York to like the suburbs somewhere uh, to live with uh, his to live with his grandma while his parents are going through a divorce, and he's you know trying to fit in with the other kids when I uh, to get ready for his bar mitzvah and all, like all this. It's a very standard story, but honestly, like the, the performances from the kids and the songs weren't that bad, and I had a surprisingly fun time. Would I ever watch it again? No, but I honestly can't say I had a bad time watching it. Honestly, I could rough, rough, rough some feathers here and give that same category to the Sea Beast. I thought it was fine, and not much else, but it was positive. I almost loved it. I'll add another thing to it. Uh, going back to like way in the beginning of the year, um, Moonfall, a film everyone forgot about. <laughs> it is that's a neutral yay. It's a neutral yay because it's bonkers, insane, like classic '90s sci-fi shit uh, for like the first half, and it's so much fun. But then it undoes itself by the second half. It just because it's focusing on the wrong thing and it becomes so boring. It's a weird balance. If it wasn't boring in the second half, I would say it's a good yay. But it's a neutral yay because of that. Now here comes the neutral nay, and I could do the sequel to the thing I said last year. I won't do it because it's not even accurate for me this year. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's dog for me. Because. <laughs> While I don't actually dislike Dog, I didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I gave Dog it. a 5 out of 10. I could give it a neutral yay or neutral day. But honestly, I never need to see it again. For me, I'm going to go with uh, Death on the Nile. Like, the cast is there. Uh, you know, Army Hammer is excluded. And, like, they're doing fine with what they have. But, like, the mystery itself was... It was okay at best. And here's the biggest problem with it. If I was able to figure out who did it, like, you know, way early on, that's a problem. Because I'm a moron, especially with mystery stuff. And so if I could figure it out, then everyone else could figure it out. But overall, What's... it's fine. I would never want to watch it again. So, neutral nay. That's our yays and nays. Do you have a, like, almost highest yay for you? An almost highest like, yay? Uh, uh... Yeah, I'm just curious. Like we we said our biggest EA, but do you have one like that's almost that level, but it didn't hit it yet. I mean, of course, I want to say everything everywhere, but I know we're gonna have other categories where I'll say that. Be Babylon between, for me. It'd be between Fablemans and Babylon. Babylon is so good. It hasn't left my head yet. It's an insane ride from beginning to end. Like I saw that Christmas Eve, and I was just like, "What a great way to spend this day." Now we get to our best movie villain of the year. Now, is it, is it the uh, Big Bad Wolf from Puss in Boots who's death? I don't know. Is it Mankind in All Quiet on the Western Front? <laughs> is it the Hunters in the Sea Beast, you know? A lot of options here. Is it the Hocus Pocus Wishes again? Because that happened again? We, Hocus Pocus 2 happened? I didn't even bother watching that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say Corey or Michael in Halloween Ends as the best movie villain. I'm going to say probably... Ooh, would you count the monster in, the, in Nope? I mean, technically, yes. Uh, Morbius, guys. Morbius is the best movie on the year. I think my answer to this one, it's between a few. Like, Riddler's up there, honestly. I like Riddler a lot. From yeah. The Batman. Elizabeth Olsen has Scarlet, which is really good in Multiverse of Madness. But I would say the best movie villain this year, I'm going to go with The Father slash The Mother in Barbarian. 
That's yeah, that one's not a bad choice. The dog and dog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you took that away from it, then I don't think you understood it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a wild card answer here. I'm gonna say uh, Jim Carrey and Sonic the Hedgehog two. Not generational trauma in turning red. <laughs> Look, that's a great villain, but I mean, you only get a wild Jim Carrey performance these days. Like you know, not that often. So I'm gonna go with the wild Jim Carrey performance. Also, not, I'm gonna say it right now, uh, not the best movie villain in the world, but I definitely liked the villain in Uncharted. I thought they were good. I'm not gonna say who it was because if you haven't seen the movie, it's a it's a good little thing to do. So yeah, villains this year were a little all over the place, but Jim Carrey's a good answer, I'd say. And honestly, you can technically go with Knuckles for half the movie. Now, here's what you're going to hate. Best musical or music biopic. Why are you putting those two together? Because I realized Elvis couldn't... I'm like, this doesn't fit the category of musical. But if you, want, if, if you want to give Elvis a best of anything category, you can here. Definitely what? not Disenchanted. I hate that movie. <laughs> I kept taking the CBS to start singing. I'm going to give this... Even though it's not technically a musical, it is a music biopic, I'm going to give it to Weird. <laughs> Great choice. Because, like, Hocus Pocus 2 also technically falls in the same category of musical because it's a jukebox musical for some reason. But there weren't a ton this year. You saw Matilda. Uh, yeah, I'm stuck between uh, Matilda and Spirited. Those are both really good. I think I like Matilda just a bit more than Spirited. Uh, so I'm going to go with Matilda the musical, but Spirited would be a close second. Now, here's a very fun category, because this can be all sorts of different ways. Most, this is a new category this year, most unhinged movie experience. Most unhinged movie? Because Babylon could be up there, Unbearable Weight could be up there, Everything Everywhere. Heck, I can go with the Dumbledore movie, because it was nonsense, and it was fun crab walking. But it's wherever you want it to be. We're unhinged. Sonic 2 is pretty unhinged. I might go with... Bullet Train. It was Chekhov's gun. The movie. Everything was unhinged in the movie. The whole "You're Percy, uh, You're Percy" kind of thing. Or I'm not. I'm, you're Thomas. Whatever it was the Thomas taking take uh, parts were great. I'm gonna go with uh, Minions: The Rise of Gru. I, I was. I went to take my little brother to see it. I was not expecting to have a fun time. It's so insane that I had no choice but to laugh. It was great. Now, is it a genuine great? I don't know. Did I laugh my ass off the whole time? Yes, I did. Now, what is the weirdest movie of the year? I might give this one to everything ever all at once. Because I don't know how much more weird you can get. Hmm. I know weird came out this year as well. You, you could give it to weird. Nah, that's too easy. I am giving it to men. That movie. Oh my god. That third act. My god. I've, I, to this day, can't get it out of my head. And that's not a praise. That's a bad thing. I wish I could burn it from my head. If you don't know what the third act of men is, I don't think I can describe it on here. I'm not going to. Just know birthing happens in ways you don't want to see or would expect. And that's all I'm going to say. Weirdest movie for me? I think it's probably still everything in Roll at once. I mean, it's pretty weird, right? Oh yeah, it's very. It's there's hot dog. There's a hot dog <laughs> hand universe. There's a butt plug trophy. Now, for you, what was the most fun game experience you've had this year? My answer is easy, but it's a dumb answer because it's not really from this year. Aha! I get You're to I get to cheat with this one. Uh, the Last of Us Part One, which is the remake <laughs> of The Last of Us. It was very fun to get to re-experience that game again. Now, my answer: I haven't played games that are new from this year. This year. 
I but I put a I put a lot of Mario Party superstars this year with my girlfriend and my family. So that was had been fun this year for me. Would you say it's better than uh, Super Mario Party? Yes, because the dice aren't weighted oh. like they are if the characters. You will have more fun. I think when you, when you come visit me, you'll have a lot of fun with this one. Would I win, though? <laughs> I'll throw on the CPUs for you on easy. You, I got you. Every time we play with the CPUs, I lose two said CPUs. <laughs> okay, I'll put them on master mode and we'll both lose. Last year, we did the 2021 Disney Plus shows. This year... What what uh out of the the twenty twenty two streaming shows has been your favorite? And I might go with Stranger Things season four for this one for me because I had a lot of problems with it, but I had a really good time watching it. Actually, it, I'm I'm saying She Hulk. She Hulk's my answer. I'm gonna go with uh, Sex Education season three because that came out like around new... the beginning of the year. Uh, I've not watched I love that an show. episode of that show. Good. You should. It's, it's very good. It's very sexual, obviously, but it's also very British. I don't know what those two have to do to with each other, but I just thought I would mention it. But yeah, I think Stranger Things season four is great. There's a lot of good TV this year actually I have, that I have watched, and I'm currently watching The Last of Us as you know this year. So we'll, at, at, next year that might be on our top of our list for that category. Now, Josh, top three fave non superhero movies this year: Everything, Everywhere, Fablemans, and Babylon. You can't take my exact answers. I made a video about it before you did, so ha! I'm actually not taking your answers. I'm going to go everything I all at once. The Batman and The Fablemans for right. me. Oh, right. I, said, oh, sorry, I said non-superhero. Never mind. The whole point of that. You know what? I might throw a curveball. No, we have the exact answers. You're right. We have the exact same answers that one. Top three right non-superhero movies are easy for me. I think those are the three best of the year. Now, top three favorite superhero movies. This one's more complicated because there were fewer this year than there have been other years. We had Morbius, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, The Batman. I even count Sonic 2 if you want to. Eh. Super DC League of DC Super Pets came out this year. We also got Black Adam and the Wakanda Forever and the Guardians Holiday Special and Werewolf by Night. I'm going to give this two for me. Werewolf by Night, Wakanda Forever, and The Batman. I'll go with The Batman, Wakanda Forever, and Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. I thought you were going to go to Doctor Strange, genuinely, just then. I really like Multiverse of Madness, but that that Turtles movie, like, I was, <laughs> I'm still shocked at how fantastic it is. So, you all probably don't know this now, but we have a whole lost episode of Turtles. I went through an entire history of the Ninja Turtles, creation, the creators, um, the different weird TV shows it's had, an actual stage production, all this stuff, and it's gone forever. I made Josh hear me for two hours. I lost my voice, all for nothing. But I Josh wouldn't. remembers maybe one thing of it. Probably. That's a good choice, though. I like those movies. Also, Werewolf by Night is amazing. Oh, yeah, Werewolf by Night is great. So what was, the to you, the best horror movie of the year? We have Nope. We have The Black Phone came out this year. We got uh, Scream 5, which I keep forgetting is this year. We got Technically Morbius is under the same category of horror. Is it really, though? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a superhero horror movie. It counts, but it's not good. We got Smile, Halloween Ends. What do you think? You could say All Quiet the Western Front because, you know, people are the real horror. I'm going to go with Barbarian for me. That really affected me. I have not stopped thinking about that movie since That's... I've seen it. Although, the black phone we talked about in the podcast, we had a lot of fun with. Um, I think we both enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I think I gotta go... Nope, just worked. Nope. It worked so well for me. 
Like it's, Nope is really good. It's a very classic like seventies like mashup of horror with a, a different genre, similar to like Jaws, um, which you know is not an, a new comparison, but I mean it's an effective one. It's very good. If you've not seen Nope yet, go watch Nope, and maybe watch it a second time if you don't if it doesn't click the first time. What is the best new TV show that you watched, new for you? And it can be non-streaming. I know. The Bear. You really like The Bear. It's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> the aggression is then. Just watch the pilot episode and you will be hooked. I'll watch whatever I want to watch, damn it. I'm giving you a recommendation, bitch. She-Hulk was still great. I still love that. But new for me in general. What I, I not watched TV last year. Like at all. Hold on. I don't think I watched stuff. I'm looking at TV shows. You watched Ted Lasso. That's true. That's new for me. That's my answer. Ted Lasso is amazing. <laughs> also, also The Good Place I watched last year. But that's my answer. If Ted Lasso definitively last year. If not that, then BoJack Horseman. If that if that was the one. If that if you know what I'm saying. You, you get me. Yes. What was to you the best and second best animated features? Pinocchio for number one. And then uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish for number two. You were so ready for that. I was. I'm going to go with Pinocchio again, probably. We all like Pinocchio. Hey, Chris, <laughs> we're talking about the Pauly Shore one. Definitely not the Del Toro one. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I have the whole world to see. Oh, God. Yeah, Pinocchio number one for me. Number two is going to be weird. DC's League of Super Pets. I don't I, think it's great. I think it's... I don't think... Actually, no, what am I saying? Turning Red's number two. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, what? I'm pretty sure you've seen Turning Red. That's an interesting choice. Turning Red is better. Yes. Pinocchio and Turning Red are definitely the one and two for me. I just couldn't find my movies for a second, and I went off my head, and my head was wrong. Now, I want to know what you think was this year the coolest costume of the year for anything, any movie. And you can't say Ghostface since it's already the same costume. Honestly, anything Jobu Tupaki wore, the entirety of the Woman King was good costume design. I gotta go with uh, Benoit Blanc's um, choices of outfits <laughs> in Glass Onion. The coolest costumes for you are Benoit Blanc. His his uh, his pool suit is beautiful. You know what? I respect it. For me, see, I would say Multiverse of Madness, but those costumes also are too similar to what we already seen to be the coolest costumes of the year. Moon Knight is pretty cool. I was thinking the same thing, just that Moon Knight has a really good costume. I do like the swag that Mr. Fantastic Beast Boy has. Uh, <laughs> I might take a cue from you, and you loved the Eggman Robotnik in Sonic 2. Yes. I think he has a pretty cool costume. He does. It's a cool costume. It's got cool threads. What do you think was the most practical outfit in all of Glass Onion, by the way? The most practical outfit? Yeah, and I'll, I'm just curious. This is actually not a cat. I just want to know. I'd probably go with the assistant. Yeah. She wore normal stuff. Okay, Josh. What was the biggest surprise of 2022 Ooh, for a movie? That's a great one. I'm tempted to say Barbarian again. Yeah, but I don't know if I. I don't know if I would say that just because like I didn't know what it was gonna be. So like I was surprised, but not like not in the kind of way like I thought that was gonna be terrible, and it was actually amazing. No, but the movie itself was nonstop surprises for oh, me. Oh, for sure. I'll go with Ambulance, because I thought it was going to be not great. And you know what? It was amazing. 
It was the most Michael Bay it's ever been in a good way. Yeah, I think I got to make that my answer too. Ambulance was a fun surprise. We had a good time. It's like, I, you know, Michael Bay is Michael Bay, but like to see him actually care about his characters and, you know, do really great action. And the fucking drone camera work in that was insane. But Jake Gyllenhaal's eyeballs shooting on his own head. I, I'm so Christ. happy that that he and Bay were on the same exact page as to what this character needed to be. Now, is there anything you watched in 2022 for the first time that didn't release that year that you loved? Clue. I'm going to go with Clue on this one. Now, I have a cheating answer because it was from the 2021 year, but Coda I watched in 2022 before the Oscars. Okay, that, that was really good. I I think for a completely fresh movie... Also, hold on. Clue is a great answer, Josh. Good job. Thank you. I really liked Ocean's Eleven. I watched Paddington this year. I loved it. Yes. Now you gotta watch Paddington so, 2. I would say Paddington is probably my best answer I can give. Or Walk Hard or Dewey Cox Story. Equal, equal uh, footing there. Of course. Clearly. So that was our pretty much our year in review. Now what this year is your most anticipated anything you know movie show something uh well i mean it it was the last of us but i mean that's already out now you know what i'm really excited to see uh mario not even a joke i think the mario movie is my most anticipated movie of the year which seems wild to say that across the spider-verse that's a good answer but i'm sticking with mario (laughs) (laughs) because while mario is unpredictable right now it's it, pretty, we, it pretty much is you can't really tell like okay th- like it's clearly faithful but like is it good like across the spider-verse i know what i'm gonna get probably roughly so it, it's probably gonna be my, my most anticipated yet but this one we got chris pratt and charlie day what a weird combo charlie day is luigi is inspired casting so josh that was our year in review it's been a good year for media yes and now we're in 2023 in February, and shit keeps happening. They really do. Shit be do be doing. So, it, you know what time it is? It's late. No, do you know what time in the podcast? you know what section of the podcast we're in now? We say words. Super. Strange. We. It's close enough. Super weird stories, which Josh knows nothing about nothing, as he keeps saying. This is the part of the podcast where I talk to Josh about something whether it is superheroes or comic books or comic book culture that's weird or problematic or wholesome or something that's, you know, interesting to talk about. If you want to hear a really problematic story, go to our first episode. It was something. Let's talk about something actually genuinely wholesome for once in this podcast with this. Yay. I wanted Josh to not be upset about something problematic before he goes to bed tonight. It's just like every time we do this, it's just like, oh, great, more things to be depressed about. Uh, you like the the swordsman story a lot. I love the swordsman story. That doesn't mean my mind still isn't broken from it. Look, he became a plant with mantis. No big deal. All right, let's talk about Blue Ear. Who? So the Blue Ear, a superhero. Ready for it? I, who knows? Is he an actual ear that's blue? No, Blue Ear was created by a four year old. That's not what I was going for, but okay. So. Marvel usually gets mail from diehard fans asking extremely detailed questions about their characters. You know, that's a pretty common thing for both DC and Marvel. But one request from a desperate mother led staffers to put their thinking caps on and come up with a brand new superhero. Blue Ear as a superhero with a special listening device that gives him supersonic hearing. He was created in the likeness of Anthony Smith, a four-year-old boy 
born with mostly uh mosaic trisomy 22 which is a hearing problem and so here's a quote saying we were raised with the words of stanley ringing in our ears with great power there must also come great responsibility marvel editor and writer bill roseman told health pop if we don't use whatever skills we have to help others why are we here in marvel mosaic trisomy 22 is a genetic disorder that causes three copies of chromosome 22 instead of two according to webmd though the mothers typically suffer miscarriage with the, when their fetus has the disease Babies that survive suffer from de- developmental and health complications. In Anthony Smith's case, he has a hearing problem that requires a hearing aid, which he and his family call Blue Ear because it's a blue hearing aid. One day, Anthony told his mom that he had no longer wanted to wear it because superheroes don't wear blue ears. She told us, she told us about to Marvel, and frustrated, she emailed Marvel's general mailbox where Roseman read her her plea. He decided to send, to send her a note uh, and an image of Hawkeye, a hero best known for being on the Avengers. He told her to say to her son that the character lost his hearing at one point of his career and he was still a hero, which is also really fucking wholesome. <laughs> and true, people don't know this, and they touched on it in the Hawkeye show, which I loved. Hawkeye is a deaf superhero. And as a fellow parent of a toddler, I can only imagine her situation. Not me, I'm quoting. <laughs> so, I shared, so I shared the email to the rest of the editorial, asking how we could help, wondering if there was any artist who would be willing to draw something for Anthony Roseman told Health Bop by email. And just like when Captain America yells, Avengers assemble, the squad quickly assembled of all Marvel team. Then, other members of the team decided to spring into action. Blue Ear was created by Marvel assistant editor Nelson Ribeiro and production assistant, uh, production artist Manny Medeiros, who dedicated their free time to the project. Ribeiro told Health Pop that Blue Ear was a superhero recruited to be part of a top super secret government agency called Intercom. His hearing device lets him hear an ant hiccup on the side on the other side of the country, he explained. So very good hearing. Uh, Ribeiro sent Smith an image of Blue Ear using his device to hear people who needed help. Blue Ear invented the hearing device with his home laboratory, Maderos added. He drew an image of Blue Ear in the likeness of Smith standing with his friend Hawkeye. The Blue Ear, along with the other superheroes of Intercom, who are all special needs children, have banded together to use their newfound powers to fight crime and to teach the world that no matter who you are, everyone has a hero inside of them. Well, Blue Ear won't be in any upcoming Marvel comics because he's too busy paroling the city and listening for cries for help. He has been seen hanging out with, with Hawkeye. Roseman joked that Blue Eye suddenly stopped by Avengers Academy and uh, a training school where Hawkeye teaches young heroes who may join the Avengers team. But Blue Eye only appears between the panels, Roseman said. He's crafty like that. So that's really, really fucking cool to me. That's adorable. Do you want to see a picture of Blue Ear? Sure. So first off, we have the original Hawkeye with Blue Ear image here. And then we have the actual comic panel that we now have. And since then, Blue Ear has actually appeared in the background of Marvel Comics, I'm pretty sure. That's cool. That's just amazing to me because they really actually cared. And why not throw in their character? Because you wouldn't notice usually anyway. Blue Ear, the character, is named Pedro Perez. And he's from Earth 616. And I love that. I love that so much. He is here is proof actually, because this is here from a comic panel, of him actually appearing in a Marvel comic right here. So Blue Ear still exists and I love that. I want to give you a wholesome story about a kid who basically became a superhero in Marvel Comics Canon. That's cool. I like that. And it's true, we don't have it's it's often hard like seeing yourself like not seeing yourself in media. I am a straight white man, so is Josh. We have not experienced that a lot in our lives. But people with disabilities do all the time. People with different races and cultures and, and ethnicities and genders do all the time. 
And it's really cool when you get to actually see yourself represented in your favorite media. Because now, superheroes do, in fact, wear blue ears. And I wanted to end the podcast with that note. So, Josh, where can people find you online? I'm on the internet, uh, internet places, uh, the, uh, Instagra- <laughs> the Instagrams at J underscore Rudy 16, the Twitters at J underscore Rudy 28 and YouTube at Josh Rudolph. You can find me on Twitter at the theater nerd or Instagram and TikTok at that nerd in theater, or you can email us at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or tweet at us with hashtag geekspeakpod or at geekspeakpod on Twitter. We will respond to all of your questions, quandaries, comments, concerns, whatever it may be. If you just want to call us both donkeys, we will accept it and hee-haw on the podcast for you. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast this episode. It's been really, really fun. And we are back to it again. Woo! Woo. Josh is tired. It's about 3 a.m. for me. It's midnight here. So in the last episode I said we're three hours apart, I meant three hours time zones apart now. Not just three hours. We are about... You know, 38 hours driving-wise apart right now. It's a bit of a drive. You can do it. No big deal. All right. Bye. Bye. Ow. Everything hurts, Josh. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.